He's Christian. He's Jimmer. And we're back with two physical therapists and one bag of potato chips. Today we're going to be reviewing the Lay's Nashville Hot Chicken Compliments of Lizzie and Matt Schneider. Thank don't, you guys. We appreciate it. Don't consume these chips if you're lactose intolerant because it does contain milk ingredients. Awesome. Including buttermilk solids Ooh. and maltodextrin made from tapioca. Yes. Does this have Nashville hot chicken seasoning sure in it? Sure does. Which is just the most absurd way to list anything. Yeah. What flavor are we eating? Nashville hot chicken. And what does that consist of? Well, Nashville, Nashville hot, hot chicken seasoning. seasoning. Right? Don't get that. Anyways, we're doing fibromyalgia. Yes, we are. Quite the controversial topic. Yes. It's, a, it's an interesting diagnosis. It's a diagnosis based on, well... It's a multifactorial diagnosis, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So there's a there's a there's there's good evidence that suggests that this multifactorial nature includes things like diet, potentially some sort of virus, sleep disorder, uh, occupational factors, environmental factors, psychological distress, negative childhood experiences, and potentially hereditary. So. Yeah, it's quite a bit. The um, way way back in the day, before you were even born, Christian, mm -hmm. they they rev rev revised. No, rev. What am I trying to say? I don't know. Huh. Temporary aphasia. Oh boy. Anyway, oh boy. Here it's referred. That's oh. what I was trying to say. Yeah. It, was, it was it came out reviewed, but I wanted to say. Re refer to this as soft tissue arthritis, mm. which makes no sense, correct? Because arthritis means inflammation of the joint. Yeah. No, Arthros being joint. So soft, so tissue, soft tissue inflammation of the joint makes no sense. No. What, what, what they meant was that it was like an arthritic process with most of the inflammation being in the joint, or in the, in the soft tissue, not in the joint. But that, that's what it used to be called, soft tissue arthritis. Yeah, they f it falls under, generally speaking, the rheumatic disorders. So a rheumatologist is the one who tends to be your primary point of contact with, with fibromyalgia. There are a, a good number of biological markers associated with it, but we'll get to those in a minute. The main symptoms are pain and, and muscle fatigue, and, and sometimes there's some loss of muscle functioning. So you lose coordination or you become significantly weaker. Yes. But not the best understood process. And the fact that it's part of the rheumatic diseases probably has more to do with where it was placed initially historically and less to do with its relationship to rheumatic diseases at this point. Yeah, because it is truly not part of the rheumatic diseases if you look at it from a diagnostic perspective. But, um, yeah, like Christian said, that's where it was categorized. So... That's where it stays. Uh, it's generally considered an increased sort of central pain hyperalgesia, which is that you associate with something is beyond what would be typically the expected response. Yeah, so your pain experience is more intense. And, and, and the, the, the common complaint about that is people will tell you, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like pretending that it's hurting more or I'm not making things up and that that's not the case right because it's it is how these patients experience their pain and that that is the, the hardest thing i think because it, it is so hard to diagnose there isn't necessarily anything wrong on an mri or an x-ray 
their pain experience is no less intense though. If that's what you feel, then that's what you feel. Absolutely. There are, uh, there are kind of four regulatory systems that they consider misfunctioning. You have the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. That sounds dangerous. Which is basically the stress system of the body. And so what you'll find are elevated levels of cortisol, and uh, that's been linked to fibromyalgia. Uh, you can also get um, basically an, uh, a blunted cortisol secretion which is sort of the opposite of that. So you can have increased cortisol or decreased cortisol. Both have been associated with fibromyalgia. Uh, there can be issues with neurotransmitters. So this is like substance P, which is basically a pain. Think of it as substance pain. If there's more substance pain, you're going to feel more pain. And, and, you know, this gets really pretty extensive in terms of things like epinephrine and norepinephrine and, and kefalalins. There's a lot of stuff out there, right? And yeah. so um, to try to be too kind of broad and specific is kind of hard all at the same time right now. So what's important to know is that essentially it's an overactivity of your autonomic nervous system. Um, this causes an increased uh, response, like heart rate responses go up. You get increased digestive system activation. You get more uh, bowel and bladder uh, issues usually associated with this. You can have breathing difficulties, rapid and or shallow breathing. Uh, there will be things like constricted blood vessels, so, uh, you know, reduced blood flow to certain areas can be associated with it. It uh, definitely has sleep problems. You don't go into REM sleep as much, so you don't ever rest very well, which means you're always tired. And if you're always tired, you're grouchy. If you're always grouchy, you're more quick to be uncomfortable and disappointed. And so there's just a very large set of issues going on, and it's really hard to put kind of one decisive uh, factor associated kind of to why this situation is going on. Uh, what's fascinating is, is that in most cases, the criteria for determining whether or not it's fibromyalgia or something else is basically determined by one of two specific sets. So, um, one is that you need to have at least 11 of 18 tender points, and so these tender points are bilateral, meaning one on the left and one on the right. Um, they start at, at the occiput, which is basically the, the back of your head. They go to your lower cervical, your trapezius, your second rib, your lateral epicondyle, which is your elbow, your, your glute, your greater trochanter, your knee. So if you have pain and tenderness around these areas, if you have at least 11 of 18, that's considered diagnostic for fibromyalgia as a non basically test that requires anything outside of just touching this is something you can do to yourself uh, the other thing you need at least four of the following six symptoms generalized fatigue generalized headache that's not specific to some other headache type difficulty sleeping whether you sleep too much or don't sleep enough uh, so some sort of neuropsychic complaint which is like forgetfulness, excessive irritability, confusion, difficulty thinking, inability to concentrate or depression, uh, numbness and tingling somewhere in the body, and then symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome, um, which can be periodic, um, just kind of pain in the lower 
abdomen as well. And so those are the most commonly used diagnostic factors because they don't require additional kind of blood testing and any kind of invasive testing. Yeah. You can do this in the, with the doctor as just a question and answer. You can do this to yourself. And so uh, it at least gives you a, a jumping off point uh, to begin with. Um, you know, there's something called the fibromyalgia impact questionnaire, which is like how much do certain activities of daily living cause you to have pain. Things like shopping, using the washer and dryer, meal prep, vacuuming, making the bed, taking a walk, doing yard work, going up and down stairs. Like how many days in a week do you feel good or bad? So there's a number of things out there that, that apply. And it's always important to look at psychosocial factors as well. Generally speaking, um, depression and, and fibromyalgia are, are, are pretty closely linked. Um, as well as a history, unfortunately, of sexual abuse is highly linked to fibromyalgia. So always something to, to watch out for there as well. Yeah, and the thing about that you have to understand is this is an episodical um, disease, so um, it's, it's another reason why it was kind of shoved in with other rheumatoid processes, which have episodes of increased activity and then maybe periods where the disease is not as rampant, so your symptoms are not as rampant. So this is not something that you have on a daily basis. These are things that can vary in intensity from week to week, from month to month, from day to day. Um, but, and it is episodical in nature, meaning it does come back. It's not you're having a really bad week and then you're fine for three years. It's you're having a bad week and then you're having a pretty decent week and then you're having two bad days and then you're having two pretty decent weeks. And that includes, you know, the, the what, what Christian just referred to as far as the, the psychological nature of the problem, right? If you are more depressed and stressed and fatigued and you're not sleeping well, that can amplify the symptoms that you're having. Uh, one thing that, that we, we focus on when we're working with pain patients is that the experience that they have affects their activity level. And one of the, one of the studies that they did with fibromyalgia, one of the things that fibromyalgia patients respond to well is consistent exercise. So if you exercise consistently, your pain experience is different. Your pain levels don't necessarily change, but the way you experience your pain is different. And that improves your overall function. So if you have some sense of control over what you can and cannot do, instead of every time that you're not feeling good shutting down, that improves your overall function and can thereby improve the quality of life. Absolutely. Uh, one of the, uh, the best ways to introduce exercise is, is basically water-based exercise. That can be, uh, you know, water gymnastics. That can be swimming. That can be water walking. Uh, any of those things have, have been pretty effective in terms of getting somebody started with exercise. And as Jimmer mentioned, uh, regular exercise has been shown to be highly valuable in managing fibromyalgia. So, uh, Heated pools sometimes are a nice introduction because hot and cold can, can sometimes be, again, perceived as, as, as painful. And so uh, that's always a place to start if you're trying to find a way to better manage your symptoms. Get in the pool. Yep. And try, try to exercise with some regularity. So that doesn't mean that you want to go all out and absolutely, you know, demolish yourself by exercising two hours a day. 
but consistent exercising. So have a routine that you feel comfortable with, that you are comfortable in finishing. And if you do that on a regular basis, be it every other day, be it daily, um, it gives you a sense of control. And as it gives you a sense of control, it improves your overall activity level and it decreases your pain experience. Again, that's different than decreasing the pain level. It just decreases how you experience your pain. Meaning, if I set out to go for a walk and I have a headache, I may feel the headache less. The headache's still there, but I'm focusing on other things. And so in that sense, you can get some control over your pain experience and improve the quality of your life. There you have it. That's fibromyalgia. Everyone experiences it differently. Obviously, the criteria can vary significantly from person to person. You can basically not share a symptom with someone else with the same diagnosis of fibromyalgia, which makes it tricky, of course. But if you suspect you've got something, we'll definitely post those those two sets of criteria, and you can always head on to our, our Instagram and Twitter and find those and, and see where you, you fall. Absolutely. Trivia time. Trivia time. Probably our weirdest trivia question so far. Puce. What are heliotrope and puce? Yeah, some uh, some fancy chemical compound? No. No. They're just colors. Are they on the periodic table? No. 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 No, they're colors. Just colors. Which is interesting coming from Christian since he's... I don't see colors particularly well. Color impaired. So uh, heliotrope is, is, is comes from the flower, the heliotrope flower, which is sort of a, a psychedelic pinkish purple. Uh, puce has multiple colors associated with it. It's a purplish brown. Sometimes people call it a greenish purple. So uh, yeah, you're going to have to figure that one out on your own, I guess. I'm, I can be no help to you whatsoever. The reason I brought them up is because I went to a school called SUNY Purchase for a little while. SUNY Purchase officially has colors of heliotrope and puce. The story goes that the first senior graduating class, because it was kind of the 70s and things were weird and funky, decided that their graduation colors should be heliotrope and puce. As such, the school adopted those colors as their official school colors. Fantastic. What you will find, however, is that SUNY Purchase plays as orange and royal blue. Because it's psychedelic. Because obviously. And the answer to that question is, is the New York Knicks used to practice at their gym. And uh, so that gym was orange and royal blue because those are the Knicks colors. And as the teams got better at SUNY Purchase, they adopted the orange and royal blue for their athletics. So... The official school colors are heliotrope and puce, but the colors that the athletic teams wear are orange and royal blue. Probably easier to find a Nike outfit in orange and blue than in heliotrope and puce, I would think. I mean, heliotrope and puce together are not the most uh, comfortable on the eyes, we'll (laughs) say. That may be a benefit if you're... uh, if you're playing a team that has to look at you. It could. You could be psyching them out the whole time. Right. But full credit to, to Marianne. She she nailed the uh, the colors thing nice there. Nice job, Marianne. Uh, we had some really fun guesses. Mr. Tony Creek came in with PTs, which, yeah, might as well be. Why not? Could have, could have been a couple PTs. Two heliotropes and a puse. There you go. 
Uh, Lisa Neely came up with flowers, which isn't necessarily, it's half correct. Half Hel right. Heliotrope is a flower. Uh, Puce is not a flower so far as I can tell. And uh, Stacy Sims thought, you know, that sounds an awful lot like a shot. <laughs> so, uh, like a car bomb. So it could be some I'll have a alcoholic two, beverage. Two car bombs and a heliotrope and puce, please. Please. Yep. That'd be kind of fun. Love it. Good guess, Stacy. This week's question. We all know the largest U.S. state, but what is the most densely populated U.S. state? That's a great question. So yeah. uh, took me uh, took me five guesses, I think, before I got it. So so there's 50 options out there, and. Uh, have at it. Yeah, Washington, D.C. does not count. Not, 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 not a state. Not a state. So, not a state. Even though it is probably the most densely populated place, or one of them. I'll tell you it's the most densely populated, uh, what do they call it, Providence, Providence district of region, the, of the, of the area. U.S. But since it's not part of a state, it doesn't help anybody or hurt anybody. Nope. No. So this week's chip time. <laughs> Plays Nashville hot chicken. Compliments of Lizzie and Matt Schneider. Chip to air ratio. 40%. These are the flavor icons by Lay's. Inspired by the party foul from Nashville. I, uh, I just read that it has about eight servings per container, uh, meaning 15 chips. There's nobody who's going to eat just 15 chips. No. You ready? I mean, standard Lay's chip. A little soft on the crunch. You get a little... A little late heat there, maybe. Kind of smells. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to place the flavor. Huh. Am I getting much in the way of chicken? Like fried chicken. I'm getting some chicken. Almost like a, like a chicken bouillon or a chicken soup. Yeah. Not fried chicken. You know, if these were crunchy, they'd like if these were actual like kettle chips, they'd be good, huh? That that would probably increase the fried chicken. Um, the heat's good. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind these as far as lays are concerned. I mean, the chip consistency is just poor. Yeah. The, the flavor is is nice. I yeah. like I like it. I'm not not getting fried chicken per se, but it um got a little heat on the end. Oh man, if these were crunchy, yeah. they, if they were crunchy, they would definitely be two thumbs, but... It's got chicken fat in it. And mm. bacon fat, too. Oh, and bacon fat in there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, buttermilk. buttermilk. Um, I like the heat. It's it's good heat. It's um, it's not an offsetting, uh, off-putting flavor. Mm -mm. But I'm still... It, the chip is so poor, Lays. Come on, you guys can do better than that. Yeah, you gotta pick it up, Lays. Go kettle. It's, uh, um... Yeah, it's it, too soft. It's too. It's a one thumb for me, though. Yeah. It's the opposite of last week's chip, where where the, the chip was really good, but the flavor was not. <laughs> Maybe we need to marry these two chips. Yeah. Um, and hopefully yeah. their offspring isn't you know onion flavor and, and soft and chips. Soft. It's hard chips. No, those we get a weed out. There's got to be some genetic thing you can do. Yeah. So Lay's and um, and Deep River come together and um, and and use your skills use to use your powers for good to to benefit. Um, yeah. Our chip experience. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go with one thumb as well. Yeah, and I feel sad because because this was definitely a two thumb, maybe even a three thumb worthy. Oh wow! Flavor. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Huh. That's too bad. All right. Thank you for listening today. 
Next week, we are going to go over a procedure called a rhizotomy. Ooh. That or we will have Paul on. Our good friend time. Paul to talk about Paul wasn't orthotics. able to, to make it today due to some family issues, but uh, hopefully we can get him on soon. We will also review the Red Rock Deli Sweet Chili and Sour Cream. Compliments of Mr. Michael Westover. So Thank you, Michael. We will... Those those should be those should be okay. I don't know. We'll see. Sour cream not your favorite, but we'll see. We'll see. You never know. As if it's not combined with any kind of onion or, or, or chives or stuff, sour cream can be fantastic. You could, you, it could be. Yeah, this could so, be delightful. Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely looking yeah. forward to it. Uh, if you like today's episode, please tell your friends. Follow, review, subscribe. As mentioned before, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. We will be posting specific information on fibromyalgia throughout the week. If you want more information on Rebound Therapy, check out the website, reboundclinic.com. He's Christian. He's Jimmer. Thanks for listening.